Wednesday, welcome back to another edition of WeatherWise. Here from the meteorologist at 47 ABC WMDT, I'm Chief Meteorologist Rich Wurzik. Joining me this week is meteorologist Sloan Haynes, and we got a lot to talk about here, not necessarily on Delmarva, but you know something that uh, we've been getting into a lot here in the past several weeks. The tropics very active uh, as we're mm -hmm. recording this here, getting set for the Wednesday episode. We're recording this on a Tuesday morning. Um, we're looking at Hurricane Fiona after ravaging Puerto Rico, but not because of the winds, because of the catastrophic mm -hmm. rainfall. And uh, we're continuing to track this as it's becoming now a stronger hurricane as it's past Puerto Rico. But maybe we should just start with where it was starting to cause problems before it even became a hurricane, what yes. was a tropical storm, right, Slane? Yes, I mean, it made its way through parts of the Dominican Republic, not exactly at category one hurricane strength yet, but it, we really saw the winds there. But even as a tropical storm, the islands that it did move through were reporting heavy rainfall. So rainfall was always a threat with this system. Now, as we saw it approaching Puerto Rico's finally when it started strengthening into that category one hurricane. And now for those of you who might not remember, Tuesday, five years ago, is the anniversary of Hurricane Maria, which devastated Puerto Rico. They were, I went to Puerto Rico actually this past January and I went to one of the beaches and you could still see the damage to this little um, beach there where they still had broken roofs on some of their buildings. You could see that the trees were still snapped from the system at the top. So this is something that they're still seeing the effects of today. And that was what we saw with uh, Fiona making its way towards Puerto Rico is that the wind was the first real threat they saw the wind, you know, storm surge, the wind, but it was once it actually made its way over the island, that's when the rain became a threat. But for the uh, Leeward Islands, for the Dominican Republic, we saw the rainfall there too. So it wasn't just there, and I believe it was the Dominican Republic that we saw the first deaths reported from Fiona. And you, even to go back to uh, put into reference here with what Puerto Rico and the islands overall in that area are dealing with, with um here with Fiona, but you talked about five years ago with Maria. Mm -hmm. um, the infrastructure in Puerto Rico, um, as you mentioned, just firsthand seeing out there that the damage still is there. Um, the infrastructure itself, not back to where it was before mm -hmm. that hurricane hit five years ago. So they're just barely getting back to some semblance of normal normalcy, if you yes. will, across the island there. And then this happens. And like you said, it was the wind coming in with the storm surge, but then it turned into more of a rain issue. And the type of rainfall that fell here with Fiona, I was just looking at, we're, you know, 20 up to 30 inches of rain estimated through the radars there on the mm -hmm. island. And then you had situations on a small scale that we would normally see here, like in inland United States with flash flooding, when you have individual mm -hmm. thunderstorms moving over the same area. We are seeing that in the radar picture in Puerto Rico. And the eastern side of the island apparently is more prone to flash flooding yes. than the western side. And for a good majority of this event, most of the heavy, the heaviest mm. of heavy rain was training over that eastern side of the island. So it's just amazing to mm. see. And if you look on a map, you compare, you know, the surrounding mm. ocean area to the size of the island. Um, it, it's kind of a speck on a map if you go up high enough, obviously. And just the fact that this all set up right over top of Puerto Rico yes. really couldn't have asked for more of a, uh, um, uh, you know, a catastrophic mm. event. Um, and as this storm moved out, then it started to strengthen, as you said, and now mm -hmm. making a turnoff to the mm -hmm. north. So the next island in line for this storm is Bermuda, right? Bermuda. And Bermuda, 
no stranger to tropical weather, especially major hurricanes like this. And that's what we're going to see um, as of Tuesday morning at 11 o'clock. National Hurricane Center is still forecasting Fiona to strengthen into a Category 4 hurricane before it impacts Bermuda. So that's what we're going to see um, for that island, unfortunately. But you were talking about the flash flooding in Puerto Rico. And the eastern side is where El Yunque is, which is the national rainforest. And it floods easily there. And I believe did you mention the video about the bridge washing away? No, I hadn't got they, to that, but yeah, that's they put this bridge incredible. up. They rebuilt it after Maria in 2017. And you can see people standing on both sides of the bridge. And all of a sudden, this rushing water just moves the bridge, a bridge they just put in five years ago. And it was a, the bridge washing away. I'm sure it wasn't the only bridge that sustained damage from Fiona moving through. But it wasn't even that the flooding stopped once Fiona left. It was ongoing still. They're still dealing with it. Power outages across the island, not really having any type of support within their own infrastructure right now because they don't have a way to communicate. The flooding's there. They can't drive anywhere. If somebody lives on the other side of the rainforest, it's probably very difficult to drive through it now. So that's the concern when it comes to Puerto Rico with these systems is just their infrastructure is always impacted very badly by tropical systems and and unfortunately that will be the case again going mm -hmm. forward you know just being on an island it's hard enough to get supplies there uh, right after the aftermath uh, or in the immediate aftermath of a storm mm -hmm. like this but when it comes to infrastructure that's even more difficult for them to just get the general mm -hmm. supplies to build a bridge for instance it probably takes twice as long to get some of that going mm -hmm. than it would in the mainland in the united states mm -hmm. where we have more access to uh, regional support and um, you know, you're mentioning having a hard time getting to the other side of the island, the driving because of uh, the ongoing issues with the flooded out roadways, the bridges that are gone. Not so many roads there to begin with yeah. either. Driving there, I realize you have to go very roundabout ways to right. get from one <laughs> side to the other. So it's already hard enough to travel within the island. And right. then now you're taking away major roads because of the system. And, you know, on top of that, too, I'm, I'm looking this morning here on Tuesday morning, just check the radar when I was coming in out of mm. Puerto Rico and they still had scattered downpours mm -hmm. coming through the island. It's just amazing to see, and of course it's this tropical area, but the fact that this storm has moved out, and typically after a major hurricane or a major tropical system moves out, or any tropical system, you, temp you tend to get at least some quiet weather on the backside of it, mm -hmm. high pressure suddenly. In this case, no. In the wake of this storm, it continues, it continues the mm -hmm. tail of moisture coming across Puerto Rico. So. They really can't catch a break, it seems no. like, in this. And that's what people were, why they were comparing it to Harvey was because Harvey was such a rainmaker for Texas. So they were just talking about this, this moisture band being very similar to that producing the heaviest of the rainfall within the outer bands and not so close to the eyeball as we typically mostly see with um, other tropical systems. So that was a huge concern. I saw reports. Um, of 18 inches of rain for a good portion, at least 18 inches of rain, but I'm sure um, locally they probably saw 25 plus inches of rain for parts of the island, but it's a lot of rain to receive in less than 24 hours. Yes, even for a tropical area mm -hmm. like that. I mean, they're used to seeing obviously heavy amounts of rain that's typical for them, but in that short period of time, certainly um, not uh, capable of handling all that water. And, you know, as we're watching Fiona move mm -hmm. and take a turn to the Northwest, the concerns were for the eastern seaboard, obviously, and yes. for us here in Delmarva and the mid-Atlantic of the eastern seaboard. But um, for fortunes that are better for us, we're going to have our first shot of true fall air coming in here by the end of the week. And that's going to be associated with a trough and a cold front that's going to be responsible for helping mm -hmm. to guide Fiona out to sea. sea. And taking a look at the track of Fiona, 
uh, and all the models, it's one of those mm -hmm. rare times where all the models are in agreement, all the models. We have sometimes hear about spaghetti plots where you're able to show the multitude mm -hmm. of models in each direction, each one is taking um, the storm. They're all lined up correctly with this, but mm -hmm. it's interesting to see this trough coming off the United States kind of putting a squeeze play on Fiona between the trough and the Bermuda High that sets up mm -hmm. this time of the year. And basically what it's gonna do is allow this storm to snake out to water, colder waters eventually, and then move up and potentially impact parts of uh, eastern Canada um, mm -hmm. as a strong extratropical storm. Uh, unfortunately, going to be bringing a lot of high yeah. winds to them. But they're, they're showing it approaching Halifax as a category three hurricane still. That's going to be... that. You bring up a good point there, too. That That is, um, it's kind of unheard of yeah. for it to this still is, hurricane think, status that This would north. be the third year in a row that we've seen parts of Canada be impacted by a tropical system. Remember last year they had one, I believe 2020, we all know what season that was. They yes. were also impacted by a tropical system. Even last week, we had Alaska impacted by, um, was it an extra tropical system? I believe so, yeah. That impacted parts of Alaska. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy to think that, you know, three years in a row for Canada, Alaska this year being impacted by some form of tropical weather. And think about earlier, um, just a few weeks ago, we so were talking quiet. about- So quiet. So quiet and then on top of the weirdness, as far as areas that don't get impacted here, what storm recently here, even Southern California, mm -hmm. was in the line of some tropical weather, which is very unheard of for them being a cold water current mm -hmm. off the coast there. And they were getting at least the direct mentions of uh, moisture coming in from yes. that storm. So you have all these locations that are incurring, um, you know, unheard of events. Mm -hmm. And it, it's you know, something attributed, I'm sure, to the climate shift and climate change overall. But uh, having to see this, it's also an important time to remember, and we've talked about this on past podcasts, that with these systems, sometimes it's nothing to do with the wind. And we saw that mm -hmm. with Puerto Rico. You know, low-end hurricane, high-end tropical storm, the wind's strong, but those areas can manage those type of winds. It's the rain, the yes. rainmakers. And you mentioned Harvey in Texas. Um, these are... Uh, events that have to remind us that it just mm -hmm. doesn't matter the strength of the tropical system. Sometimes it has to do with literally the water that's coming in with mm -hmm. it. And, you know, for us here in the Mid-Atlantic, we've talked about this before, um, a decaying tropical system can bring us tornadoes, mm -hmm. um, you know, even flash flooding and stuff like that. So um, very active season so far. We talked yes. about it a couple weeks ago. There was like nothing going on. And now it's picking up. I mean, there's two more areas to watch right now that have a medium to high chance of development. As of Tuesday morning, um, one was forecasted at an 80% chance of development uh, for 48 hours in the next five days. So we're seeing it pick up. We talked about the peak of hurricane season. We saw that this past week. So that's what we're seeing now is it getting active and those storms forming a little further out in the Atlantic and still being able to keep intensity and strengthen as they make its way towards the Caribbean, towards the Gulf, towards you know the east coast of us. Now we're not going to be a stranger though to any impacts from Fiona. I'm sure we'll see a high risk of rip currents as we finish out the week, rough That's surf. Right. And Saturday, I don't think you'll see me at the beach. Everyone on Marva <laughs> knows I love the beach here. I might sit on the beach with a book in hand and not go into the ocean, but the real day I would go to the beach would be Sunday because we're forecasting highs for Inland Delmarva back to be, you know, around 80 degrees and the beach is to be in the upper 70s. That's a little nicer to go outside to the beach and that might encourage you, oh, let's hold on to summer for one more weekend. But you remember the risk of going into the ocean when we have a high risk of rip currents and we have rough surf. When there's waves taller than me out there, stay on land. Stay on land. And that's, that's great advice. We had this just recently mm -hmm. with Hurricane Earl. Yes. Same idea, well out to sea, similar to where Fiona's mm -hmm. going to be. 
and we had high rip current threat for several days in a row, actually moderate to high mm. because of that. And these were completely sunny days and mm -hmm. you wouldn't know anything different that there That's would beautiful. be. I was at yeah. Rehoboth Beach one night and I saw the moon and then it was because of Earl, the waves, they were all the way up to the dunes and it was only seven o'clock at night. Right. So putting into perspective, not the best idea. A lot of you I know are surfers here on Delmarva. Stay, stay at home. Stay at home. Skateboard. Stay right. Don't, I, don't go yes. chasing that one larger no. wave that you normally wouldn't be able to take because it's not worth it. And I know the National Weather Service is really big on putting out these mm. rip current uh, They threats. continue to put them through the end of hurricane season just because they know people will go to the beach and go surfing, especially along our coast. Um, and especially now that, you know, it's sort of died down a bit tourism wise, the locals are coming out. This is our time for the beaches. I yep. know it is, <laughs> but it's a good idea to maybe explore the boardwalk while they're still open. Yeah, that's a good idea. And there's lots of great places yeah. at the beaches here on the boardwalk. Bookshops, that's where you'll find me. I'm always at a bookshop here. So take advantage of indoor activities. It's really good advice. And that, you know, it's something we're going to keep an eye on, mm. of course, here throughout the rest of uh, the tropical season as this goes all the way into early November. So, yes. you know, we have some time before this is over. That's and what I keep saying is my wedding's November 5th and it'll be the year we have a hurricane. The year we have a hurricane, right. Well, you're already locked in. So yeah. you don't have to worry about it. We got you covered <laughs> or you're gone. And hopefully it wouldn't impact where you're going to be. But hopefully. Hopefully not. But um, yes, a very active season after um, a very quiet start, mm -hmm. or at least overall we had the, the quick start and the mm -hmm. very quiet middle part. But um, looking ahead, uh, we have that quick shot of fall weather we talked about, and then early next week yes. we're going to be looking at another quick cold front moving in with the chance of showers and storms. But before we leave you today, I would also wanted to pivot here real quick, and we were talking about this earlier this week. I want to give you a chance to give this a shout mm. out, uh, Sloan. It's something you do with the junior storm team. Yes. You want to talk about that real quick. Yes. So if you have kids K-3 here on Delmarva, I let them give the weather on our show on Friday morning. Now I'm not going to make you make wake your kids up at five o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> we do it Thursday before or after school. I prefer before school, I'm gonna be honest here. But I let them do the forecast, we do a few graphics, talk about what they're enjoying so far in the school year, where they go to school. And I just let them jump right into it. Let them be me for a weather segment. Give my voice a break for about three minutes. There you go. So it's really fun, I love it. I'm sure Rich can attest to this, that I wanted to be a scientist when I was young and I loved math. I was probably the only kid in third grade who wanted to do the multiplication table and learn about, you know, the aquifer in Florida. So <laughs> I wanted to be a scientist at a young age and I hope, you know, with the way the world is, STEM is such a growing field to encourage, you know, our next generation of scientists, our next generation of doctors, of meteorologists, I'm biased, and uh, mathematicians. So it's a great way to get involved. And it's also just a fun thing. Maybe your kid wants to be a news anchor one day. It's a fun task Maybe to get a little get a little taste of being on yeah. TV, right? Yeah. And here's your opportunity for uh, your son or daughter to be like Sloan, be like one of us here. Yeah. And she'll have this set up for you, and there's a way you can sign up for that. Yes. So if you go to our website, 47abc.com, there's a tab under weather called Junior Storm Team. There's a form that you fill out, sends it right to my email. And I typically email about one to two weeks afterwards. I try to stay ahead with all of this and make sure that we all know ahead of time that we'll be talking and we chat over Zoom. So that's the best part is that you can do it from the comfort of your living room, your kitchen, the kids' playroom, whatever you want to do. Here you go. It's real easy, real easy to get your son or daughter It takes about 10 minutes, in. too. Right. And 
so there's your opportunity there for your son or daughter to get a little uh, taste of what mm -hmm. it's like to be on TV, to be a meteorologist for the day, take over for one of us here, take yep. over for Sloan in the morning. As she said, give her voice a rest. She's an early riser. She yes. does the morning shows here at 47. I have 15 weather hits, so 15. take one. Yes. <laughs> Oh, the days I remember of being a morning meteorologist. I do not envy <laughs> your position right now. It's, it's a lot of work, but very important because in the morning, that's so, we have that's so many people getting ready for their day and having to keep them informed mm. of the forecast and what's going on and get them going through the day. It's a very important spot in local news to have meteorologi uh, meteorologists and the forecasting going on very early in the morning so mm -hmm. the second somebody wakes up, they can know what's going on during the day. So this is actually very good um, opportunity for your son or daughter to have yeah. an idea of you know how important it is for the role of a scientist in local media yep. so it's give fun. it a shot give, give it, it a shot. shot so and you said wmdt.com yes you can find it there weather click on weather and there's a section called junior storm team also if you just click on my bio you can send me an email and i can send you the form too there you go check it out all right well we're going to leave it at that i think and hopefully we'll hear from you about uh maybe your son or daughter appearing mm -hmm. with sloan here very soon but also we're keeping an eye of course on the tropics and all things weather here in Delmarva. So thanks for joining us this Wednesday, and we'll be back again next Wednesday with another edition of WeatherWise here from the meteorologist at 47 ABC, WMDT.